I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't even understand. I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt the hit different when you actually exalt God. What's going on, guys? It is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because... Real church matters. Real church matters. I'm Forrest Hall, and I have Erica Spicer with me. What's your middle name, Erica? Sade. I always, every time I ask you, and then when you say it, I'll be like, Okay, Sade. (laughs) (laughs) And and I always forget again, that's your middle name. Sade, with an H, right? No, S-A-D-E. Oh, Sade. It's supposed to be an accent on the top, but... Yeah, but it's Sade, not with an H. I just said Sade. I don't know. It must be a black people thing. <laughs> that's how you spell it. That's how you say it? Yeah, and spell it. You spell it Sade. All right, we... we oh, yeah. All right, realchurchmatters.com is the website. Share it with people. Like us. Listen to us. Subscribe. Share it with at least one person. Shout out to my international listeners. Those numbers are going up more than the people in the United States. It's all good. It just means that I need to move out of the United States. Shout out to Rwanda, who is added to the list. Shout out to Ireland. It's always been on the list. Germany's on there. I don't know who you people are, but I know who you people are. You must have like minds like me. I appreciate you. Shout out to the people who agree. It's never lost on me, and I appreciate the people who agree. Agreeable people are key. When I say agreeable, not people who listen to what I'm saying and be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm talking about people that listen to what I'm saying and say, that's something I should subscribe to. That's something I should live out in my life. They take my words not as advice, but as counsel. They take these conversations not as banter, but as life-giving word. And I hope you take it as that. I feel like we got an exciting episode. Right? I hope so, too. <laughs> Sade is uh, worried, but she she's, she's uh, always been a great guest. I, I think it's been like a year and a half. Yeah. Has? Yeah, I think about time. a year. It's been a long time. This was long overdue, right? Yes. What else do I say in the intro? Did I cover everything? What else do I say in the intro? It's very important. Do you do Patreon? Shout out to Patreon. <laughs> Shout out to Patreon. Uh, I appreciate you guys that are giving. Shout out to my parents who gave a little bit more than most people. I love that. Yeah. And what else? What else do I say? Before I end everything and get into oh, the word. Um, obedience over audience. Yeah. <laughs> obedience over audience. But since I have an audience, you know, let's uh, let's get, get to it. it. All right. So what's been going on with you? How old are you now? I'm 16. 16. Happy sweet 16. I know it was uh, some time ago. July. Yeah. It was in July, but I'm just like... The listeners, they last time they heard you, you weren't 16. And my thing is, that's a very important age. It's like, uh, it's like the difference between Christmas and Christmas Eve. It's like Christmas Eve is like so much more excitable because you're on the cusp of that big day. Yeah. And I think being a teenager is a very significant time because you're on the cusp of adulthood. Yeah. You're in the Christmas Eve of your adulthood. And so it is a very excitable time. It's a very uh, traumatic time. It's a very emotional time. I probably, I would uh, wager a lot of money to say you probably cried more as a teenager than yeah. you have a, in any other time in your life. I agree. Because it's a very emotional time. Uh, there's a lot of thoughts going on. And because of that, and because you're very special to me, um, because you have a certain nature about you. um, And when I say nature, I'm purely just talking about 
um, how you are, were created. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, they, they don't understand, like, there are certain things that are just a part of our nurturing and our nature that, that, that make us us. Mm-hmm. Like, when I look at Erica Sade Spicer and I see how kind you are and how mm-hmm. calm and gentle you are and how not excitable you are, like you just even mm-hmm. killed. I know that that is not so much who you have decided to be as much as it is who you are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we luck up sometimes like that where we have certain qualities about us that are natural to us that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that are natural to us that aren't so cool. Yeah. And getting to that place of doing things that are not natural is not easy. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there are certain people who are naturally athletic, but for me to go and do what they do, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. because I'm not naturally athletic. I am naturally a lot of other things. I'm naturally artistically inclined. Yeah. I've been drawing and creating since I was a little baby. I, it's just a part of my life. It's mm-hmm. a part of my language. And so it, it, to, Move in an artistic way is like bending my arm. It's easy. It's easy. But to move in another way is like twisting my arm backwards. Mm-hmm. It's something you, you can see other people do and be like, man, he really is flexible. And then you try to do it and you're like, man, I almost pulled my arm out of socket. <laughs> it's like difference between some people dancing and some people dancing. It's mm-hmm. like this person just looks so fluid and graceful. And then other people just look stiff as a board. And so when you have these things where you bend in a very natural way it, and it's a good thing, that's great. But what happens when you bend in an unnatural way, but it's something you need to do? Mm-hmm. And so my first question, because this is heavy, this is already heavy. I feel heavy. I feel like this is heavy lifting in the sense of where I'm taking this, but I feel like I would rather have this conversation with a 16-year-old than a 36-year-old. And the reason being is because I feel like most adults that I sit in the seat that you're in will lie. Hmm. Will lie not because I'm about to ask you something about you, but lie in the sense of I want to say what I know sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what I'm about to ask you is, uh, how hard is it to be a Christian? Hmm. What parts of being a Christian feel very unnatural for you? Okay. You know, there's certain parts of being a Christian that are not hard. Mm-hmm. But what parts of being a Christian come naturally? To I would you? say I mean, are very unnatural. Oh, unnatural. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I would say, um, can I say natural? What comes natural first, and then do unnatural? Mm-mm. No. Okay. I would say <laughs> the unnatural would probably be um, being well, having to. Um, go against the emotions that kind of uh, come up when you're a child and you have to um, be in this world and be around like certain people that are the same age as you Mm -hmm. and having to realize that you're not supposed to be like them, you're not supposed to follow, you know, the um, world's view of, of things. And I think that um, just not following, you know, my emotions and knowing that um, I'm supposed to be a child of God and I'm supposed to realize that some of the things that other uh, kids do mm-hmm. and realize that I don't have to have need or want of those things because those those things don't benefit me at, at all. Hmm. That's a lot. 
well, let's. Let, I don't know if I worded. No, no, right. you worded it perfectly. I just don't know where I want to start first. So I'm gonna okay. start at the beginning of what you said because I'm an awesome listener. You said the emotion of it, yeah. and why did you attribute uh, the struggle of identifying with people, which is what I'm taking from the surmising from the whole of what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Why are you taking that? And tying it to emotion. How does how does that tie together? People and emotion? No, the desire to identify or try to blend in with people's views and things. Oh, um, Why did you connect that to emotion? Because I, I think that when you look at other people and you, especially teenagers, when you see what they do, you um, a sense of like longing to do that and a sense of um, just feeling like you should be more than what you're doing right now. I think that uh, a lot of times you, I get in my mind and I get too much of my thoughts mm-hmm. and in how I feel that I'm very observant. So when I get too much of my thoughts and my feelings and I'm looking at people and I'm looking it, at... It feels a way to be the oddball. Yeah. Do you feel like you're the oddball? I do. I do. And I feel like, um, especially in this time, like being away from kids my age and um, fam- other family members, I feel like that... Um, You're it, isolated. Yeah, and I I think that it's uh, a little better now because I realize that that's how it's supposed to be, that um, not everybody is going to um, follow the same standards that you follow and think the same way that you do. But it's, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel what you're feeling mm-hmm. right now. It, it, it feels lonely. Yeah. It feels lonely. And, uh, wow. <laughs> you have something else. Um, I do have something else to say, though. Uh, yeah. And Go ahead. I've been thinking, like, a lot lately, like, I said to my mama Sue, I was like, I don't want to be a young person that that was raised in the church, so-called raised in the church, and followed the standards that was supposed to be followed. I don't want to be the young person that goes um, away from what I know to be true. I don't want to be the young person that grew up and I know God and I love God, but soon as I get out in this world, um, I don't want to be the, the like the other people out here that do that, that kind of like, I just, I don't want to go away from that. And I know I'm supposed to, you know, have the power and the spirit living on me, living inside of me for me to not go another way. But I just, I think about that a lot as I'm getting older, I'm getting into, you know, the steps of my future. I just think about that. Like, I don't want to go away from the truth. I don't, I don't. But you feel that you can understand why people would. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you feel that pull. Yeah. Because you, you can feel alone, and that connects. It has an emotion to it. Yeah. Like feeling alone is different than being alone. Um, I want to create that distinction for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can look at you and say you're not alone. Yeah. And you'll look at me and say, I feel alone. And the reason I'm saying you're not alone is because I'm like, look around you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, the reason you feel alone is Uncle Forrest, look around me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's, we're seeing the same things. We're just seeing it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised when I tell you I'm the one that's wrong. Because I attribute people to support. Mm. I attribute people to togetherness. I attribute people to support. I say support. I, I want to say another word and I cannot find it. I attribute, connection. I attribute people to connection. Thank you. You're, you're super awesome. Not everybody can finish what I'm trying to say. But connection is a good word. You attribute people to connection. And I'm wrong in that sense. Because what makes us connected changes. Mm -hmm. 
And so you are torn between these two connections. And you can know that physically there's this connection I desire. And I know that that connection is foolish and can fool me. But then there's this other connection, this spiritual. That even though I have people around me, I don't feel that. And that's where I said I'm wrong. Because what you're looking for is if I'm not supposed to connect to this world. Who am I supposed to connect with in the next one? Mm. And this is where I think I have failed you. And many have failed you. Number one, I think I have failed you uh, specifically. Let me talk about me. I have failed you in the sense that I have led you to believe that my physical presence is what you should desire and what benefits you the most. Mm. And I do that subconsciously to everyone because I'm human. So I'll say, hey, Erica, you know, don't worry about those people out there. You got Uncle Forrest. You got all of us. We are here to support you. But that doesn't account for the times where you're in your room by yourself. Mm-hmm. And those thoughts come. Where you, and you already know because you're a smart person. You already know that what you actually desire ain't out there either. Mm-hmm. But people don't understand because I understand the reason I was moved to tears because I know you brought me back to a place I was as a young person. Right. It's like you don't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't fit in anywhere. It's like I, I'm hearing what people are saying as Christians. But I don't connect with them because I don't want to be that type of Christian. Yeah. And I hear what the world is saying. And I don't connect with them because I don't want to be that type of person either. Where do I fit in? This is the problem. I just was talking about this with your brother. This is the problem when we do not create an environment that promotes spiritual unity. That doesn't promote spiritual character. You know what I mean? Like. I have in the times I'm with you, the times I spend with you, talking with you on the phone, text, anything. I have to put something in you that allows you to feel a wholeness and a connection to God. Mm -hmm. Because people will let you down. They will. And that's why I say I take responsibility in a certain way, too, because knowing that we're on the cusp age of teenagehood. And knowing how hard it is and not easy to deal with it or manage it. We should be doing more to equip you for the lonely journey ahead. Mm. Because I got what you said moves me to tears because I know it's like some people joke and they say babies are crying because they realize they're not home no more. Mm. And I'm crying because I realize you have just started a journey of loneliness. Wow. You're just starting a journey that will be very lonely. Case in point, you got Jesus. He's sitting in this garden. He is full of sorrow. It says that sweat is pouring off of him like drops of blood. Mm -hmm. He is exasperated he is at his weakest point as a 33 year old man and he looks to the people around him and he says pray with me just ask them to stay up and pray I don't know what time it was but it must have been Betty by time because he asked them to stay up and pray he turns around and they're asleep and he says you can't pray one hour with me Mm. he turns around they're asleep again And I realized that Jesus was trying to reconcile with the fact that good help is hard to find. Even when people are there for you, they're only there for you in the way they feel comfortable being there for you. you. 
And Jesus let us know that story because he was letting us know that we are going to have a lonely journey, but a weird journey in the sense that we're going to be around people and yet feel lonely. alone. Yeah. It moves me to tears because my journey has been lonely as well. And not lonely in a sad sense. Yeah. It's like a lonely that you realize it has been orchestrated in this way that you might find the beauty in God. Mm-hmm. I have to train my heart and my mind to be okay with being alone with God. And now I'm realizing as I sit here with you, I have to train my mind to be okay with watching my 16-year-old niece go through the same journey too. Yeah. Because I know what's on the other end is what I dream for you to have. The journey there is hard. Mm-hmm. But it's all I wish for you. Yeah. And so... As I'm sitting here, I'm realizing, like, I know it's a hard journey, but it'll pay off. And it may not be easy for me to watch it. Mm -hmm. But I have to encourage you. As as much as it doesn't sound encouraging. (laughs) I have to encourage you that it is lonely. But what you do for Christ will last. Yeah, and people time. people come in and out of our lives and they deposit things, some good, some bad. They enrich our lives in many ways, but they never fill that void. Yeah. Never. And they can't. And they can't. And one of the things that I wish that I love these moments because I don't have a daughter. And I, quite frankly, if unless God orchestrates some wonderful miraculous things I don't see my that that situation changing but I have a lot of daughters in the spirit Mm -hmm. and when I get to talk with you it's like I get to to enjoy the engagement I would have with a daughter I get to tell you what I would tell my daughter and I would tell my daughter that it is important the greatest relationship in her life is her relationship with God amen the greatest one, the one that will never allow you to be lonely, even though you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you that the relationship with God will remove the feeling of loneliness, but it will never leave you lonely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> can we, can we dap on that? We got to dap on that. It will never leave you lonely. Think about it. I told you, I said, Uncle Forrest, for the month of December, forgive him. He haven't been answering his phone. He haven't been taking November. I said November. November. The month of November, he hasn't been answering his phone. He has taken time to refocus himself. Mm-hmm. That's because I see the value of time alone. Right. It's that time alone, well spent, that produces a person that is ready to really live in this world. Yeah. Cause it's not even like, like you said, you're not fully alone. Cause God is there. It's alone from people. It's alone from family, from things of this world and not feeling connected to them. Yeah. You don't feel connected. You never will. Mm-hmm. The only way you'll feel connected with them is when you connect with them. And that's a problem. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, like you're literally on the path of the scripture that says, he hates his life shall gain it. Mm-hmm. He that loves his life shall lose, lose it. it. Mm-hmm. Or it's like he that hates his, uh, if you don't hate your mother and your father, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You, you're not fit to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. People not understanding what he's saying. He's saying you have to prioritize relationships. That literally, when we prioritize even our familial relationships, even our relationships with our mother, father, sister, brothers, Mm -hmm. we are flexing muscles that cause us to be dependent on flesh. Mm. And so when those people die, it's people right now who are not able to manage the realities of their loved ones dying. Yeah. 
They are crushed at the very thought of their loved ones dying. There are people who are crushed at the very thought of their husband leaving them. They are crushed at the very thought of their children not loving them no more and not being around no more. Do you understand? That connection to this earth in that regard leaves us with a constant, constant bomb is just ticking and ready Mm -hmm. to explode. Yeah, that's why when I said, like, sometimes you see a longing for this world. But, like, in in my case, sometimes, like, I I have a longing um, for the love of my siblings. And I love them so dearly. I really do. And... Um, sometimes like my emotions get too too much into it and I have to realize I'm you know I'm not their parents I'm just their their sister yeah and it's just like you have to um kind of you know analyze and realize that that um sever that part sever that part actually here's the thing and this is this is a super life hack eternal life hack we can love people the way we should the minute we stop loving them. Hmm. We can actually give them what they truly need when we stop trying to give them that, give them us. Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, um, as, as awesome as that sounds, Erica, and I know you're going to, that's why I said, this is the right conversation for you, for you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of adults, they they, they need time with this because they just been steeped in it for so long. Right. And that's why they live very deeply in memories because they lived very deeply in themselves. Hmm. And that's why it's hard for them to follow Christ to a future because they're following family to the past. Hmm. Yeah. That was, that was deep. (laughs) Yeah. And so the reality is, is like, um, you can be selfish and not even know it. You could you could be like, I want this from these people. I want this. I should get this. I need this. And when I say this, I'm about to ask you a question and you can help me fill that in. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want from your loved ones? I won't even put it specifically to your siblings. I'll just say, what is it that you find yourself, even though you know you don't need it? We're just talking about the feels. Mm-hmm. Right. What is it in those fields that you ideally would want to have from them? Well, I I used to get joy from like my brothers and sisters, my baby ones. Mm-hmm. I I get the feeling of joy because you know the hugs and the kisses and the playing with them, and they're so little for um, just a short amount of time. So you want to cherish that, like yeah. you said, memories. Yeah. And so I get joy from them. And then other family members um, uh, get a sense of maybe protection or um, someone lo- looking up to them, supposed to be looking up to them yeah, since yeah. they're an adult. And um, But it makes you feel comforted in what it used to represent. Yeah. Not what it represents now. Mm-hmm. But anytime I can... Manu- ma- manipulate or uh, there's the word curate hmm. something that looks vaguely familiar to my memories hmm. we do it right. We the most comforted we are is when we can build something that looks similar to something we've already experienced and so even when it comes to your little sisters and brothers mm-hmm you are seeing yourself in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're seeing yourself. You're seeing what you may have had. Mm-hmm. And you're also seeing what you wish you had. Do you know what I mean? Right. you like, I didn't get this, but I want to make sure they get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have this. I didn't experience this, but I want to make sure they do. Right. And that can be summed up in one word protector and so we have this desire to protect people Mm -hmm. and you don't you may not even i think that word i think you're smart enough about yourself that you understand you want to not be in their life because of you just want to hang with them but you feel like you have an obligation to protect them absolutely to protect them to protect them from the things that you feel you weren't protected from yeah 
right? Definitely, yes. So when we are dealing in these realities, it, it, you can see how it can be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not really acknowledging who they are. They represent some things I'm trying to work out in me. Hmm. You know what right. I mean? And so, and, and I'm only sharing this with you because it is, this is heavy stuff. And some people may say, that's too heavy for a 16 year old. No. But they, people don't understand the reason they are the way they are at 36. It's because they weren't dealing with this when they were 16. Bingo. You got it, Sade. <laughs> Sound like you're saying shoddy. <laughs> shoddy. <laughs> the reality is, is then they weren't dealing with it. And I'm gonna tell you something. I might not have articulated it, but I was thinking about heavy things at 16. I was asking heavy questions at 16. I was thinking right along the way you do, and I think that's why I gravitate to you because I know your quietness is not. A state of mind. Mm. It's a protection. You protect yourself from showing people what you're thinking. Why? Because part of this journey, too, when God has touched you, and I I truly believe you've been touched. Amen. I truly believe you've been touched. I I can see it. I can see it. And the reason why it's also very important that you understand this, um, what I'm about to say, is because it is something that was shared with me by my mom. Mm -hmm. And it always scared me. And when I say this to you, it might scare you. It's okay, though. Be scared. It's okay. It shows, sometimes fear shows a healthy reverence. Mm -hmm. And... I think the church folk ain't scared enough these days. But um, God's hand on you means that he has something for you to do. And the responsibility of that means more than your very life. And so you're going to be constantly in a life where you are always going to be left with a choice. Do what God say or do what I want. Now, everybody's left with that choice, but some people feel it more than others. Some people, it weighs on them. It presses on them. It weighs on you. See, I I didn't realize that everybody's not like that. I thought everybody felt what I felt. I thought so, too. Yeah. Until I started seeing how people can move in ways that... I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And I was like, hold on. You able to do that? And you look fine. Like, I, I, there's ways that I move in my selfishness and I'm exasperated. I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm drained. I'm beat. I'm wore down. I and the only respite is obedience. Yeah. The only peace, the only solace is obedience. And I care about that more than retribution or revenge or anything anybody can muster up or anything that I feel I can imagine to do to someone. It pales in comparison to the weight that will lay on me at night. Yeah. And that reality is torturous. And my mama tried to tell me. But one thing about it, it's a love. It don't Mm -hmm. feel like it, but it's a love. And it's a mixture of conviction, but also the spirit weighing on it. It's weighing on you because it loves you. Mm-hmm. It's like as much as we hate correction from our parents, it is a safety in there. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like it when you're getting your butt fanned or you're getting your toy taken away or you're getting punished or you're getting reprimanded. But there's a love there. And we know when we're being reprimanded with no love. I always knew when I was being reprimanded in anger and I knew what I was being reprimanded in love. We know the difference. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference even in the way God deals with us. And so I I just want you certain things I'm just challenging you with. And hopefully people are listening in the sense that there's that, that reality of I'm I have a decision to make. Do I 
do I adhere to these feelings? Right. Do I adhere to these desires to connect? Or do I understand that I'm not supposed to seek connection in that way? Mm-hmm. But I should seek connection. And this is where you have to be careful about and be mindful. Mm-hmm. Is you have to move beyond the feeling of being alone and move to the connection you should build on. Mm. Stop putting the effort into connecting with things you already know you can't connect with and start putting the effort to connecting with what you should. At some point, Jesus stopped asking them to stay awake and started praying. Mm. You know what I mean? He was like, I just do it myself. At some point, he stopped talking to the disciples and started talking to God and found what he needed. At the end of that engagement, he said, not my will, but thy will, but thy will be done. That is the salve or the medicine for every time we feel ourselves feeling. Mm-hmm. Every time we feel the feels. And, and this, I'm a, I'm a very uh, intuitive person in that regards. Like I started crying just because I can feel that it was moving you. Mm-hmm. I can feel you were, you were crying. You might not have actually had tears. I just felt like you were emotional at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is, is that those feelings are so strong. Other people can feel it. That's how powerful feelings are. But at the same time, I gotta dry my tears and say. As powerful as those feelings are, not my will. But thy will be done. But thy will be done. So in those times, help me sleep at night by knowing that you will commit yourself to in the time where you feel the loneliest, you do what I'm saying, and that's connect with the Father. Mm -hmm. Stop everything you pray. And I think that once, like, if you do that consistently, then the connection will be stronger than the emotions. You know? Absolutely. And so won't, the emotions won't even phase you, you know. And part of it is we just asking, we're connecting ourselves with God so that we can maintain a reality that is true. Mm-hmm. And this world seems real, but it doesn't provide us for us in a real way. Yeah. I got to say that again because I fumbled it, but it's very powerful what I said. This world is real. I can see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, all of that, hear it. But it doesn't provide for me in a real way. It provides very falsely. It is junk food. Mm -hmm. Very real. It's in my hand. Put it in my mouth. I can taste it. Bite into it. I can crunch it. Or whatever it is. I don't know why I... (laughs) <laughs> Start thinking about a Cheeto. So I can eat a Cheeto. I'm doing this, but I look on the back. It provided no value to my body. Right. Benefited nothing. Benefited nothing. It actually filled me up. I can eat enough of them that will fill me up. Mm-hmm. But it does not fulfill me. Or mm. sustain you. It doesn't sustain me. It doesn't complete me. Mm-hmm. I've been dr- drinking these protein shakes. And it literally, I drink it, and what's going on in the back of my head is, how is this a meal replacer? It's 16 ounces of fluid. Mm. Why do I drink this, and then I'm not hungry? Why do I drink it, and I have all the necessary nutrients I need? I don't feel full, but I am fulfilled. Mm. You, you get where we're yeah. going with this? Mm-hmm. We are living in a world that will make us feel, feel full, but not fulfill us. Yeah. But then we move into the spirit and it does not fill our flesh, but it fulfills our soul. Because mm. the world fills up your flesh. It fills up your flesh. And but it, God it, fills up your spirit. He yeah. fills up your spirit. He fills your spirit up and it lasts. Mm-hmm. The problem with the world filling us up and it does give us a feeling of satisfaction. It's just very fleeting. Mm-hmm. You're hungry very quickly. It's the difference between eating a cheeseburger and eating a, a bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. 
That bowl of soup will sit with you. You feel full. You're warm. Mm-hmm. You just, you good. But that hamburger you ate it and it's like three hours later, you're like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Where's the, where's the rest of the stuff? I, I want some more. That's the reality of it. The reality is, is that we're constantly in a, in a chase. And I love that your mind and your heart is here already because at 16, there's so many young girls being fooled into filling their lives with things that don't fulfill them. Yeah. Then there's adults that grow from that and they say they, they're wiser and smarter only to move into other more sophisticated means of filling themselves up but not being fulfilled. Yeah. I'm done with men. Forget men. That's why I hate having a conversation about of men with, with young girls. Because mm-hmm. like one day you're going to wake up and have some common sense and you're going to say, these nasty folks ain't good for me and then you're going to go and pour yourself into something else. Mm-hmm. Your career, your your uh, interests. Just finding replacements. For- your family, you find replacements. Mm-hmm. You see you see women all the time. There ain't no man in the picture. They just got a baby and say, my world. The baby ain't your world. It ain't your world. Because mm-hmm. that thing is going, in 18 years, that, that baby ain't going to have a picture of you and say, my world. Mm-mm. He gonna go find somebody. She gonna go find somebody else, and gonna call that person their world. Mm-hmm. And we actually are, we're, we are doing all the sixteen-year-old girls, not just you. We're doing all of you a disservice. All of you, when we make it like we can complete you, like all you need is to spend more time with your family. That's a lie. That's a lie. You don't need more family time. You need more God time. Amen. God time. I'm telling you, girl, it's, it's, it's God time. It it actually, this is how powerful it is. The fulfilled, oh, I got, oh, I said it in my head before I said it. It just knocked, <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear it. It just knocked me. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> the fulfilled person fulfills people. Hmm. Because you can give them what fulfilled you. Do you know what I'm saying? When it, 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 the empty person empties people hmm. because you'll just take from them what you need. Yeah. Oh, my. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we dive? We got to dive on that. Oh, my goodness. How many people you know? Take, 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 take. That's why I took the November off. All I know, I'm just surrounded by people that take, take, take. I'm so thankful I have a home. Where I'm not surrounded by takers. I'm surrounded by givers. Mm. They give to me what fulfills me. Mm. I can go and talk to my parents and, and they fulfill me. They get, Why? Because they don't give me themselves. Right. I actually, I get annoyed if I feel like I'm getting them. I didn't come to you for you. You know, this is what I feel. I didn't come to dad. I didn't come to you to tell me how you feel. Came to you to tell me how God feel. Mm. That fulfills me. God's feelings matter more than yours. Absolutely. And God's feelings fill us. <laughs> your feelings just make me feel. Oh, this is, this is good stuff. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> this is good stuff. How many times have you had engagements with family members where they have this innate power to make you feel but never fulfill you? A lot of times. All of them. All I do is it, people text, they call. All they do is make me feel, mm-hmm. but they don't fulfill me. I had to take the month of November off because all I do is deal with people who are constantly knocking at the door of my flesh, not of my heart. So why not get to the person that's going to fulfill you? So, so that when I engage with my family, I have something to give mm-hmm. and not just trying to take it. Because what I take from them can't fill me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your little sister, your little brothers, don't use them in that way. Mm-hmm. To fill. No. Mm-hmm. It's just as nasty as, even though we don't look at it the same, it's just as nasty as some guy coming around and manipulating you to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's no different. We do it to family and it's okay. It's not okay. No. Nope. You are not 
as a child, you are not, not in your parents' life to make them feel loved. Ooh, buddy. That goes for every parent in your life. Mm -hmm. You are not there for their pleasure. You're not. And guess what? They are not there for yours. Mm. You are here at the service and the behest of God. And you know that at a young age, you are a danger. You are a threat. You are a threat. Mm. You are exceptional. You want to know what makes you exceptional? Because you're the exception. As long as you stay the exception, you'll be exceptional. It's, it's, that's heavy. Cause like I said before, like I, I want to stay being the exception, you know, like, yeah. And I was listening to a message that granny preached, um, that you sent before, mm-hmm. um, around her birthday time. And she said she, that she was the one that got away. Like, out of her siblings, out of her family, she was the one that got away. I want to stay being the one that got away, you know? I have to be consistent. And and this is really going to help me see that it's the connection with God, not the connection with people. Put that time in. Something I shared in family Bible study yesterday. You only excel in what you enjoy. Mm. You put your time in. Yeah. You are an amazing dancer. But don't let you spend more time dancing than you do with God, dancing with God. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta you gotta dance with that word. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta really dig into it. You gotta memorize those steps. Mm-hmm. You gotta get the rhythm of his heart. You know what I mean? You yeah. gotta move in sequence with his words, mm-hmm. and then you become this beautiful thing that no one, no one can touch, no one can infiltrate, mm-hmm. no one can exploit because you're exceptional. My mother, yes. Granny is the exception to the rule. When I think of what black women, she's the exception. Mm-hmm. When I think of women, she's the exception. When I think of mothers, she's the exception. And when I think of ministers, she's the exception. Mm-hmm. She inspires me to be the exception. When people think of black men, I want to be the exception. You are. I appreciate that you (laughs) feel that way. I want to make sure it stays that way. When you think of ministers, I want to be the exception. I'm I'm telling y'all, you're right. Ministers are this, that, and the other. But when you talk about my Uncle Forrest, he's the exception to the rule. I want to be exceptional. Nothing Mm -hmm. less. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus was an exceptional man. He was a black man. He was an exceptional black man. He was not the typical black man. Mm -hmm. Typical black man is not out here talking about serving the Lord and willing to die on the behalf of that belief. Nope. They're not. I see many a black man willing to die, but not for God. They would never sacrifice their life for something so frivolous. But for my gang, for my pleasures, for my desires of money and fame or reputation and respect, I'm willing to risk it all. Mm -hmm. But I never have the mentality of to live as Christ and to die as gang. Those men are not courageous to me. The man who is willing to to go to jail or to die for his pride, he gets no respect for me. But the man who is willing to die for his God, he gets all the respect in the world yeah. for me. He gets all the respect in the world. The reality is, is that exceptionalism is not preached in church. Mm. Exceptionalism, people don't understand when they say, I'm not perfect. I right, well, we don't need you to be perfect. In your context of purpose. Right. What I need you to be is exceptional. Can you be the exceptions to the rule? We know how black women are. I know how 16 year old black girls are. Mm-hmm. Can you be the exception to that? Mm-hmm. That's what, I can. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and it's, and people, when you look at it that way, here's the cool part. I talk to people all the time to tell me they don't know what they're supposed to do. When you know that you're supposed to be the exception... 
Find out what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. <laughs> you that easy, yeah. It, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a good place to start. It don't end there, but it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody do me wrong. How would the typical black man deal with this? Oh, he'll hit him back. He'll re- retaliate in this way and that way. Bet. So I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'll start there. If I start there... I feel like integrity will lead me to more specifics. Right. But you just start there. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. I know what I'm not going to be. Just start there. Right. You know what you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. What you're not going to be is a statistic. Do you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which, what I'm not going to be is somebody so involved in my ambitions and my career that I miss out on what fulfills me. That's what I'm not going to be. You know what I mean? That's why we was having that conversation about uh, being very busy in our work, mm-hmm. but not realizing what actually causes us to excel in this world. Mm-hmm. What promotes excellence is the mind. And so you have to not focus on the quality of your work, but the quality of your mind. Mm-hmm. Sound mind. It's been the theme of my November. November 2020 was about having a sound mind. I let my mind lead me to prioritize things that didn't involve my health mm. in any regard. I started to just be that minister that just was everywhere and anywhere and just listening to all these type of people talk. And I'm really being used for their desires. Mm. People have a desire to per- portray themselves to me in a certain way. I don't know why they care what I think. Some men of the faith manipulate that and take advantage of that. But I no longer want to even give the intimation Mm -hmm. that I care about that stuff. I have to disconnect myself. I have to talk to people who have questions, not to people who have answers. Do you answer? Of course. (laughs) There's a certain section of people in my life that I look for, for counsel. Everybody else, I'm not here for your counsel. I'm here to counsel. If you don't want to hear what I got to say, kick rocks. <laughs> kick rocks, go. Mm-hmm. D- disagree with me, debate your mother. <laughs> I don't know what to say. D- go debate somebody else. I, I can teach you, but I cannot convince you. Yeah. I cannot convince you. Even right now, we have an excellent conversation. Why? Because you are teachable. Mm-hmm. And you're interested in learning. And you're not basing and filtering everything I say according to what you feel. You're filtering it according to what you believe me to be. Mm-hmm. I had to earn that. That's the other thing that I want to make sure I share with the people listening. We have to earn respect. Mm-hmm. We have to earn people seeing us in a way of that is favorable. If I want people to see me as a man of faith, I had to earn that. It was my consistency in doing certain things. It's the way that I move about things. They earn me that. There's certain people I have not earned that with. I have to work harder. And everybody looks at me and say, he a solid man of God. Some people look at me and say, he a jerk. I have to earn it. Sometimes I can't earn it because... Their opinion of me is based on what I won't do for them. But so they, I can never earn that. Yeah, but they didn't see the journey, you know. Like, yeah. And the, the steps that it took to get. Most people didn't. Point. Yeah. It's a small section because my life changed when I was 16. That's why I, I connect with where you're at right now. When I was 15, some of the most uh, life-changing things happened to me. Some of the most devastating, most regretful, most shameful things happened to me. So by the time I was 16, I knew I wanted to leave a lot of that stuff behind. By the time I was 19, I was ready to get not just leave it behind, but follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And there's a two those are two different things. Mm -hmm. I want everybody that's listening to know there's a difference between being ready to leave your life behind and being ready to live a life of Christ. Yeah. Because once you leave your life behind, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? So for three years, from 16 to 19, I spent trying to avoid 
where I was going, but not trying to walk the way I knew to go. And then at 19, I just went ahead and just went. I, I don't know anywhere else. Mm-hmm. One of the things that helped me there is I no longer was in Baltimore. So when we moved down here, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. So everything that was familiar with me, that kept me connected. This is the dang, the hardest thing about family. They're familiar. So it's hard for us to disconnect from what is familiar. Yeah, that's true. They make it easier when they do us dirty. <laughs> but it's still hard for us to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And to come back and connect with them in a greater way. So that's why Jesus is our example. He's like, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But that which does the will of God. Mm-hmm. Those are the people I have to surround myself with. In the times where I do need to talk, you got to find the people that you respect as people who do the will of God and you talk to them. Amen. You think highly of granny, right? Mm-hmm. You should make sure you talk to her at least once a week. Right? Yes. Not because I'm just trying to check in with grandma, but because I'm trying to be filled by grandma. Mm-hmm. She's one of the, the my Yodas. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got I don't have a whole lot of people. I can't count on two hands. Count on one hand, the people that I can go to. But one of them is her. Mm-hmm. Now there's my dad. You know. Yeah. I keep. I don't need to name the other, the other ones, but it's one or two others that I go to, to get filled, mm-hmm. to get to hear the truth, not the truth about me. If I want to hear the truth about me, I I don't gotta go further than family. Family tell you all about yourself, mm-hmm. but I don't need to know about me. I didn't know about God. Amen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people think oh, I'm I'm the best friend I have because I keep it real. I know you do keep it real. You just don't keep it righteous. And righteous can help me. Yeah. So I don't usually do this, but that was a lot that we covered. And just a Maury's final thought. What do you think about all the stuff we talked about? I think, um, but it was very powerful. Um, I now can leave and um, kind of self-reflect and uh, figure out what I need to do in order to connect more with God and understand that it's better to be consistent and better to be persistent with God rather yeah. than other people. Yeah, and and I'm, you know me. I'm all about keep it simple, Stephen. It's just time spent. Mm-hmm. A true one of the things Jesus always did is he shared parables. He shared these parables that um, to identify what the people were familiar with. So when he talked about seeds and stuff, it's because he was surrounded by agriculturalists. Mm-hmm. He talked about sheep because he was surrounded by farmers. I'm talking about dance because I'm sitting in a car with, car with a dancer. So. How do you learn dance? You rehearse. Mm -hmm. You watch. And you imitate. And you repeat. Mm -hmm. That's all I want you to do. Watch, imitate, repeat. I love you, Shana. (laughs) I love you too. This was awesome. This was good. It is. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I absolutely... This was this has already started off to be a very giving month of December. I, I just this was on my heart to do. I got the proper equipment. Shout out to those who share Patreon. I got the proper equipment so I can do a mobile setup. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned because I was like, I want to have fruitful conversations that bless. And you and your brother have just knocked it out the park. I know that's right. <laughs> Y'all just knocked out the park. I don't care where in the world you go. I'm going to come find you. This is good. I, I'm, I'm going to come find you. And I'm going to sit. And we're going to do more of these. I need it. Because it's going to be a long journey. All right. Yeah. It's going to be a long journey. But it's what we're here for, right? Yeah, that's right. 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out on that. <laughs> Real Church Matters. God bless you guys. We out.